0: Well guys, listen, this is part two of, of Hebrews chapter 11, looking at faith. Yesterday we were, were challenged by the tension of faith that we see in Hebrews chapter 11. And I just kind of wanted to give an overview of really giving a balanced approach to faith. But tonight I want, to, uh, I want to lean in a little bit and look at the faith side of things. And I want us to look at what, if, what does it mean to build our faith. We're talking about faith. Everybody say Faith. faith. So I'll tell you a little story. There was a Catholic nun who was uh, also a nurse. She was working for a Catholic home health service. You know, those good old Catholics. They're just good. And one day while she was driving um, her patients from one place to another, they, they ran out of gas. And uh, and a gas station was nearby, so she said, just wait here. I'm going to go to the gas station and get some gas. So she made her way there, and she got to the gas station. And what she found out is that the gas can that they use to give people when they run out of gas, someone had taken it, and they hadn't returned it. So she walked back to her car to see if there was something she could use to put some gasoline in. And and all she had was a bedpan. So she got the bedpan, and she walked (laughs) to the station, and she filled the, the bedpan with gas, and she carefully walked all the way back besides the, the car, all the way to the road, and she started pouring the gas out of the, out of the bedpan into the tank. And a couple of charismatic preachers were driving by. One of them said, hey, hey, look at that. That's what I call faith. <laughs> <laughs> faith. Hebrews chapter 11 Verse six. I hope we have all of the, uh, the the PowerPoint here tonight. Do we? Thumbs up if it comes up. Build your faith. Next slide. Hebrews eleven, verse six. We're going to start. Without faith, everybody say. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. And this whole idea of building our faith, because we do have the opportunity to build our faith. Faith is not a static thing. It's not a static gift. It's not a static belief. It's something you can actually add to it. It's a daily decision to grow our faith. And allow God to challenge us to believe further, to to lean into things. When you get smacked in the head with the reality of life, faith leans in a little bit and stiffens its neck so that we can continue to press forward. And so we want our faith to grow so that we don't see things in the reality of what they are. We see them the way that God sees them. Amen. Amen. And so this is what we know about God as we get into this message tonight about who God is and what can we believe God for. What can we rightly, theologically believe God for. Now the results are up to God, but our job is to have faith in God. So many times we think the results are up to us and we don't get the results because I didn't have this or I didn't have that. And people live under condemnation because somehow that didn't happen because I didn't have enough of this and, and I couldn't squeeze it out of me. But the fact is is we're to just believe God and we're to extend our faith to a level that you hadn't before. Because it, unless, unless it, is, it is faith, unless it challenges something in you, it's not faith, it's just reason. And we don't want to we don't want to operate in reason in our ministry. We want to operate in faith. And this is what the scripture says of this God that we serve, the God that you call your your own, the God that's your provider, the God that meets you. Ephesians chapter 3 says this. And we have the scriptures this, here we go. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that, that is at work in us. Say in us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. What this is saying, and I believe what God wants to say to us tonight, is that that we serve a God that is limitless. He is God without limits. He has no limits. And there's nothing that God cannot do in your life. There's nothing that God cannot do in us or through us to bring glory to his name in our own ministries, in our own families, in our own lives and throughout all generations. This is the anchoring scripture for today's message. And I just want us to, to leave here tonight with an elevated faith to believe God for more Faith in balance. If you didn't um, listen to last night's message, let me just encourage you to do that. I believe it would minister to you. But we do have options when it comes to believing. We do have options when it comes to walking our faith out with God. And we can build our faith or we cannot build our faith. We can live statically and just, and just be, or we can do something to press the boundaries of what we're believing for in, in our lives. And if I was to ask you, what's the opposite of faith? Many of us say, well, maybe that would be doubt. But I actually think the opposite of faith is fear. I really do. And I believe that these are the two choices that we have in our lives. You can have faith or you can have fear. But it's a choice. I believe that faith is a choice. I also believe that fear is a choice. I was told a long time ago by one of the great pastors and elders of this church, Terry Cisneros. He was talking to me about the the difference between faith and fear. And so I want to talk about that just for a little bit. And so, and I this is what he said, and I'll share it with you tonight. He said that, that this that I that he believes that faith and fear are siblings. They're siblings. And they even have the same definition. One is anchored in the truth of God's character, and that's faith. It's anchored in the word of God. It's anchored in the kingdom of God. And one's anchored to the flesh. One's anchored to to the reality of stuff. One's anchored to the world. One is anchored to that we are victim of circumstances and the system of this world. And fear, the definition of fear is this, believing that something that hasn't happened will happen. That would be a definition of fear. If you think about the, the areas of the times that, that you struggled with fear, it was this idea, well, well, oh my gosh, what if, what if something that hasn't happened is going to happen? And that is fear. But the definition of faith is siblings, remember. It is this, believing that something that hasn't happened will happen. I hope you see you, you, that's the same definition, Believing that something that hasn't happened will happen. And, and one of them is anchored in the, in the reality of, of this world, the world system. One is anchored in the goodness and the power and the richness of our God that we serve. One is believing God. I, I be, Something that, that hasn't happened, I believe it's going to happen. It's going to be a breakthrough. One is anchored, oh my gosh, something that hasn't happened, I'm afraid it's going to happen. And God wants us to live in faith, but we have the choice of fear. We have the choice of fear. It is an actual choice. You can choose it. Job said this in chapter 3. He says, what I've always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. Now, there has been some funny theology made about this verse. See, if you fear it, then it's going to happen. No, 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 no. But what we see here, there is areas that we can live by fear. We can, we can spin in our heads all the time. And people, and that might be you tonight, and all of us at times live by fear. We can, we, can, we can live by fear. We focus on what we don't want. We focus on what we don't want to happen. These type of people, they think and obsess over what could go wrong. Listen, I've done that before. Have you ever obsessed over what could go wrong? You just, you just spin it and all of a sudden before you know it, you're depressed and freaked out and in the corner going back and forth. I'm so scared about what could go wrong and what people are going to say about you if you make this decision. It's fear or how you could fail. And I believe that you can actually become a victim of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it's something that's like this, you know what, I, I, I don't think I can do that. I, I'm, I'm fearful. And we can obsess on any failure. And then at the end of it, we say, I I knew I couldn't do that. And then it generates a spirit of fear that we live by. And you set ourselves, all of us can set ourselves up to to be a negative or pessimist. And and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in our lives. And here's the question, have you ever done that? I've done that before. A good test to, to ask us if you're living by fear is to take note of really what comes out of your mouth. What comes, what comes through your lips? What, what crosses your teeth and begins to spin out into your, your life? The question is, what are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about your church or maybe your boss or your spouse or your life or your pastor or your neighbor? What is it that you're always speaking? You might be thinking, Jason, no, no, okay, wait a minute. You just want me to ignore the realities of life? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just asking you to for us to take a moment maybe tonight in this idea of fear and stop speaking what you see and start speaking what God sees about the people and the circumstances and what he's calling you to do in your life that we start seeing things with that God sees them. And the truth is is that fear can rob us of a supernatural life. It can take away this idea of because if we're in fear, we're thinking about what cannot happen all the time. But by faith, we're believing what can happen if God chooses to do so. And so fear, our whole world, is focused on what could go wrong. Now the other way of life is faith. Everybody say faith. faith. This is the life that we want. We want the life of faith. I want you to look how Paul approaches Difficulties. Now, what happens is when you face difficulties, you have the option to do faith or fear. And this is what Paul, how he, this is what he does in this whole, whole idea of faith. He it says this, according to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I'll shall, I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul was facing some difficult circumstances. And Paul doesn't say this, well, you know, listen, everything is going good, everything is awesome, my ministry is excelling, my, I, I have all the monthly support I could, I just, I just, stop, stop, I'm just getting too much. Paul isn't saying that. He's saying, there's no, he's not saying there's no problems in his life. He's not saying my friendships, all of my relationships are going really well. My kids are succeeding. Everyone is speaking well of me. There's no sickness. Things turned out the way I wanted them to. My retirement plan is going well. Therefore, I, no, that's not what he's saying. Paul says this, while I'm going through these trials, I live in earnest expectation. While I face these difficulties, while I face these gaps maybe in budget, in health, in relationships, in life, even in vision or in visas or whatever it may be that you're facing today. I live in earnest expectation. He made a choice to live by faith. And Paul constantly, constantly built his faith layer upon layer, day upon day, choosing to believe that God is for him, not against him, that God can do more in him and through him, than, than that God is not, At the mercy to Paul's limitations that God is God and therefore he will do exceedingly, abundantly more than anything that Paul could even ask or Paul could even think. So I want... To give us just some practical things. Last night was this was this big picture idea. I want to give us some practical things that will help us build and strengthen our faith in our ministry, in our family, in our workplace, in our churches, and whatever it is that God wants to do and strengthen you tonight. So, practical ways to build your faith. Number one, just through scriptures that we need to turn our thoughts towards God. We are faced every day with messages of our mental lives all the time about turning about. T- wanting to turn our thoughts towards other things. And this whole idea, it's a discipline to, to every day, day by day, taking a decision, I'm going to turn my thoughts towards God. Psalm 5.3 says this, in the morning, this is David writing, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you and I wait expectantly. This is turning your thoughts towards God. I know these may be basic for some, but some of them are going to hit you and challenge us in this journey of faith. Every day, we wake up, you and I wake up to a million things on our minds. A lot of stuff we have to do. we're meeting with projects we have to meet and get done conversations we're going to have to have things we need to do and you can set the tone of your day you can set the direction the trajectory the the day that would be filled with faith you can do it if you build your faith and every time you wake up in the morning you can do this right in your bed you can turn your thoughts towards God Lord I give you today I remember when I was here, I, I remember Dave Bell speaking about this and he would just say every morning he'd wake up and he'd just pray and just sing to the Lord and you wake up and you, and you, and, and you just step out of bed, your feet hit the, hit the floor and he, you, just, you can just begin to thank God. God, I just thank you today. Lord, I praise you today. Lord, in the morning, I'm gonna bless your name. God, today belongs to you. Everything that is happening today is because you are allowing it to happen. Therefore, it is for my good. God, I thank you for who you are. You're the God that's been faithful in every area of my life. God, you've never forsaken me. God, you've you've never turned your back on me. You've been with me, and I so thank you today that I'm turning my thoughts towards you, that you're gonna lead me and guide me and overcome everything that I'm gonna face today. Amen. Now go have your cup of coffee. That's what I'm saying. You just need to take this step. You can set the tone of your day and turn your thoughts. You give your thoughts, and hear me today, and and this is a challenge to all of us today. Here's the idea. Give your thoughts first to God before you give them to Fox News. Give your thoughts, and just think about it for a second. Who do you give the first thought of your day to? Instagram? Instagram? Facebook, and let me just tell you something, and I know we know this. It is impossible to strengthen and to build your faith through social media. I don't care who you're following. And we begin by following Psalm 5 3 in the morning, Lord. You hear my voice. And that's a way that we can turn our thoughts towards God. We read the scriptures. We set some time aside. Start your day by hearing God before you hear anyone else. Declare in faith what David declared over his days in Psalm 118. He says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. If you want, you can imagine. This is the day that the Lord has made. Come on. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. Come Okay, good. I will rejoice and be glad and rejoice in the Lord. That's all you got to do. Turn your thoughts towards God and then walk out your. Number two, another way to build your faith is this in difficulties, find something good to focus on. Find something good to focus on. Listen, I know that not everything is good in our lives. Everybody say amen to that. Not everything's good. But by faith, we're able to see what's not seen. This is the principle that I, I do my best to live by. I'm going to glance at what is wrong, and I'm going to stare at what's right. I'm going to glance at what's wrong. Okay, th- I'm not ignoring it, but I'm going to stare at what is right. I'm going to fix my eyes on what is right. I'm going to find something good to focus on. So Romans 8.28 says this, we know that God calls us everything. Say Everything. To work together for good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God works everything for our good. In difficulties, we say, God, thank you. You're working things for good. God is the master. If you're not aware of this, I want you to hear. He's the master of bringing good things out of bad situations. The Bible is saying that you can, you can actually be Realistic. And full of faith at the same time. Now, I, I'm not talking about living a life of faith that's detached from reality. I remember, a t- I remember a time in church, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but I remember a time, but I'm going to tell it anyway. I remember a time in church that uh, you, if you were sick, you couldn't say you were sick. Or you'd say, man, I'm not feeling bad. Don't you speak that over your life in Jesus' name. You're healthy, wealthy. You're not sick, your nose is running, you got a fever, and your eyes are bloodshot, and you're hacking up. okay. <laughs> That's silly. And I, I used to think this, well, how do you ask for prayer if you can't say what's wrong with you? I guess you guys should walk up there and be like. <laughs> I'm not talking about self-help or Pump yourself up or phony pep talk. I, I, I believe that kind of stuff gives faith a bad name. I'm talking about affirming the truth, looking for good in your situation, being realistic and full of faith at the same time. I believe that God will bring something good from this situation. I believe, God, you're going you're gonna to work something in my life. And here's what we need to know, as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, Son of God, that that Jesus shed his blood for us, purchasing us for God, making us kings and priests to rule and reign this earth, as a believer, you are never a victim regardless of the circumstances. You may be victimized, but God can make you a victor and an overcomer in every situation because he's the God of the impossible. When things don't turn out the way you thought you wanted them to, when things don't turn out the way you thought they would, you begin to realize what—and this whole idea that, God, you're going to use this for good. Lord, I'm hurting right now. Lord, I didn't see that coming. God, I'm in pain right now. But what I do know deep into my belly is that you're a good God. I don't know how you're going to work it. I don't know how you're going to meet my need. I don't know how you're going to deal with this. But I believe by the goodness and the power of who you are that you're actually a good father. You're actually the God of the word. You actually cannot lie. When your word says it, I'm going to hold you to it. And God says, well, thank you. Let me take care of this for you. And this is what we focus on. Another way to build our faith, and this is for us today and all of us today, and many of us get this, but it's a reminder, is number three, that we need to speak life, not death. Again, this doesn't mean you, you ignore things, but you speak life over them. So Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion. That it may give grace to those who hear. The truth is this. Our words shape us and shape others. Well, I don't know if I believe that, Jason. Okay, just look at a family where mom and dad constantly criticize their children. You're going to see how the words shaped that little precious child. And so we are to use words that are helpful for our own lives. Use words that are helpful for our own Church For our own ministry. That means that our words should be bathed in faith. There's a connection when we speak them. Again, it's, it's not that we don't speak the truth, but we speak the truth that's attached to the reality that our God is able regardless of the circumstances. This is the major theme of the Bible, that God is able. It's a the major theme of the Bible to speak life and not death. To be full of faith when we talk and when we speak. The whole idea is this, is is that it's it's expecting the best. It's believing the best. And what we heard last night, too, is that God's going to reward you regardless of the outcome. God rewards you for expecting and believing and demonstrating our faith. The Bible, we know it's impossible to please God, as I said earlier. Now, listen, I'm not talking about crazy faith. I know that there's, there's, there's pure, righteous, crazy faith, and there's just crazy faith. I'm not talking about yelling, money cometh to me. That's not what I'm talking about. Listen, if that worked, maybe we walking around just being like, money cometh, tacos cometh to me. When we're hungry. Or if you blab it, you just reach out and grab it. It's just, it's just not true just not true. It's based on a principle that's been exploited for our, own, for our own humanism. But the theme is all through the Bible about our tongues shape our lives. Our words shape our lives. The direction of our lives. James chapter 3. And we know this, but I'm just going to read it. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships As an example, although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The Bible says the tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It can set the whole course of one's life on fire you can set the whole course of your life when you speak with fear or you can set the whole course of your life when you speak with faith and you, be, and you begin to build your faith for some of us because we might have a, a natural nature to, to be a little negative be a little pessimistic Listen, you're going to have to wrestle with your, with your tongue. You're going to have to shut your mouth. You just let it flap around it. But don't you say what you want to say. <laughs> Crucify your tongue. Just stick it right up there and just nail that thing. Just nail it. Just don't say it. And some, some, some people, I, I, I got to say it. I just got to speak my mind. Shut your mouth. No, you don't. You don't have to say it. Albert Einstein said this. He says, Negative people find a problem for every solution. (laughs) But at times, what we need to do is listen to the prayer of David out of Psalm 141. He says, God, set a guard over my mouth. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. Lord, I don't want anything to come out of here that's going to set the course of my life in a direction that, that, that I don't want it to go. Lord, I don't want to speak evil over people in my life. God, I don't want to speak evil over my wife or my, or, or my husband or my children. God, I don't want to speak evil. I, God, I, I, things aren't working out. I'm just not, not going to keep, I'm going to speak. God, I believe you're going you're gonna to follow through what you spoke to me you're going to do. The next principle of building and growing your faith is number four. When you think it's over, remember... You can rely on God. When you think it's over, remember you can rely on God. Worry comes when, when, when we assume or take on the responsibility that God never intended you to take on yourself. That's when worry comes. When you start trying to play God, you start trying to to, to you you start trying to measure the span of the universe with your, with your own hand, and you realize it ain't gonna do it. I, I'm, I'm coming up short. You're going to get discouraged. The moment that you start to, to play God, the moment that you start to take all the weight upon yourself, discouragement comes. So what do I do when situations look impossible? When you think it's over, take a moment and say, wait a minute, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rely on you. And this scripture out of Second Corinthians speaks to this idea. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves but on God who raises the dead he has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us again amen on him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us by your prayers then many will give thanks on our behalf for gracious favor granted us An answer to the prayers of many. And this last practical principle on us building our faith is number five. And this is a big one. It's a revisit from last night. Remember, you are not home yet. You're not home yet. This world, it's going to be gone one day. You won't be here one day. As a believer, this is what we need to know. The final chapter of our lives has not been written yet. Hasn't been penned. This life is not the end. This is not what we're all only living for. This isn't what we're striving for. We're striving for something that's going to be in eternity. This whole idea of eternity, and that's probably why this is on my heart. And I'm speaking to this. this whole idea of, of eternity. I want it to be so real in me because if I fix my eyes on eternity, I don't care what you think about me. If I set my eyes on eternity, I don't, I don't care if I give my last dollar away to missions. If I care, if I'm sowing into eternity with my life, if I'm sorry, listen. All I'm tra- I'm trying to get as many people. I'm trying to make heaven crowded by the by the fruit of my life. I'm trying to get people set free, delivered, because one day I'm going to spend I, this. I get this little blip on earth to do what God's called me to do, and you get this little blip on earth to do what God's called you to do. I don't want to waste one minute. I want God to wring my life out, the last drop hits, and I die and go in eternity. I don't want To leave anything left here on this earth, none of us do. None of us wake up in the, in the morning and think, You know what, God, I, I, I just don't think I want to do anything for you. But we can be tempted to fall into that whole idea. We need to remember that we're not home yet, heaven is what we're waiting for. And when things seem tough in our lives, when things seem confusing, when there's shifts in our ministry or shifts in our lives. And we think, oh, it's the end of the world. No, it's not. Because this world is not the end. When things are difficult, remember that you're, you're living your life in a way. And we're supposed to be living our lives. God's calling us to live our lives in a way that we can honor God through our actions. God is, we know this, that God's watching every decision you make by faith, every decision you, you make to, to do what is right, every every prayer of faith, everything you say, God, thank you for, for what you were doing in my life. Here's, here's the reality, we will be rewarded for every step of faith, everything that we press for, everything that we're believing God for. We will be rewarded in heaven, and you can count on it, and that should be encouraging to us, that he's watching you. He's watching you, and one day you're going to be rewarded. You've placed your life into the hands of Jesus Christ. You've placed your life into the hands of a good God. And so, God, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to keep being obedient. I'm going to keep listening for your voice. I'm going to cast off all that is, is restraining me or the sins or the fear, and I'm going to fix my eyes on you because, God, all I'm living for, I'm going to live for you in eternity. So in Second Peter. Peter writes this, he says, but in keeping with his promise, everybody say his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. When you get to heaven, all of us are going to say, man, you know what? Why did I get so discouraged during that season? Why did I get so freaked out, man? Why did I just allow anxiety and my stomach to be in knots? And Why, why did I allow this to, to happen? Why didn't, I, why didn't I, I take more steps of faith? Why didn't I press into God a little bit more? Why didn't I, why didn't I take that risk? God... Oh, why, why did I allow the, the, the grip of comfort to keep me from fulfilling everything that God had called me to do? Lord, why did I fall into the safety of the American dream and, and just kind of just be thankful for what I have? God, why didn't I press it further? Why didn't I lean in? God, why, why, why didn't I, I, just, I, I just extend myself a little more for your sake? Why did I freak out so much? We're going we're to look at all this and we're going to see it. Why didn't I be everything that God had called me to be? And here's the, here's the reality tonight, if you can hear this, if you're breathing, whoever, is the reality is this, is that our last chapter on this earth has not been written. And I really want us just to understand this tonight. God has more for you, and it's time for us to take another step Forward. I think every year these mission conferences for me, it's to, it's to kind of help me move my, my year along because I've been thinking about stuff. But now, you know what? I need to be thinking a little further. I need to be thinking of stuff that, that stretches me. I need to be thinking of stuff that challenges me. I need to be believing and praying for things that, that I, you know, I, I've been praying and believing for safe things, how, how I can get it working in my own head. And God said, no, I want you to think and believe for things that is far beyond what you could ask or think. I want you to start thinking about the ways that I think. And God wants us to grow and build our faith. And God wants to be the anchor to our lives. He wants to be the one who who stretches us. And we have this incredible verse again out of Ephesians chapter 3. And this is again, and I want you to hear it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power. That is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever. Endeavor, endeavor, amen. There's this idea that infinitely beyond our highest prayer. Our moments of, of the most faith and the well, we prayed something wild and crazy and began to believe for it. Beyond your desires, so many times we place the limitations on our own lives. We think, it, 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 listen, I've been, I've started to pray for things and I felt like it was God's, God encouraging me to pray for something and to lean into something. And all of a sudden I thought, really, I, I can't do that. I'm not cut out for that. That's that's for that person to do. I'm not there. And then I'll even pull back on the prayer, and God's like, I want you to extend it. I want you to press further. I want you to believe me for more. And this this whole idea is that God wants us to trust Him. God wants us to lean into. I, I don't think one day when I stand before God, God's gonna be, listen, Jason, you believed me for too much. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? Did you really take the Bible literal? I, I, listen, I, I wrote that, but I didn't mean that. He was never going to say that. And I think for us, this whole idea that God's desire that we would keep seeking, we would keep asking, we would keep knocking, and God saying, I really wish you'd take me at my word. I really wish you'd take me at my word. I really wish that you would lean into me. I really wish that you would believe me for what I said, for what I laid on your heart. I really wish that you, you wouldn't set your own parameters around what I can and cannot do. I really wish you would have leaned in. I, I, I don't want God to say that to me. There was a time when I was really pressing to the Lord for intimacy and Asking Him just to change me and transform me. And, and uh, I, I read that book, the, the Five Love Languages. Have you guys read that before? If you haven't, you need to. It's great for your, for your relationships. And, and it just breaks down like there are all these different things that, that make the other person feel loved. And physical touch or words of affirmation or quality time or gifts or acts of service. Those are the five. And I was, I was just thinking, I was praying, and I thought, God Do you have a love language? Is there something that makes you feel loved? Is there something that that makes you feel like, yeah, Jason, you love me. Because I actually believe in a God that you can interact with and you can lean into and you can open your heart to. And I can grow in in intimacy with him that he would would speak his secrets and I'd be able to, to hear them. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me so clearly, he says, when you trust me, it makes me feel so loved. I started thinking about that, man. What if I I, I tell my, my kids something? You know, hey, listen, we're going to, uh, tonight, I'm going to take you somewhere. We're going to go to dinner. and I, I, I get home. Daddy, we can go to dinner. Oh, you know, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, probably not tonight. Oh, okay. All of a sudden, they 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 feel like, oh, I I can't I can't trust dad. Or, but you know what really ministers to my heart is when my kids, when something's going on, they'll be like, hey, call dad. He'll know what to do. Or, you know what, my dad, he's always going to take care of me. My dad, he's always going to provide for me. My dad, he's, he's why, and when I know that they have confidence in me, it makes me feel loved. It makes me feel cherished. It makes me feel like, man, my kids love me. And this whole idea that God, you, if you really want to make God feel loved, here's the deal. Begin to believe him and trust him for things that he will provide for you. Begin to trust him. Lord, I don't know what's, how this is going to happen, but I'm going to trust you and believe you. And I, I came across this scripture, this whole idea of Psalm 147, 11. I don't have it on the screen, but listen to this. It says, the Lord delights in those who put their hope in him. The Lord delights in those who put their hope in him. It is God's love language for you to believe him. If he knows, oh, man, my son believes me, you make him feel love. My, my son trusts me. My daughter trusts me. You begin to make him feel love because God is the God. He wants to provide. He wants to do things in our lives, and he's waiting for us to trust and put our faith in him and extend our faith. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet tonight. And Dave, would you mind just coming on up to the piano just for a minute? And I know this is this is the evening, and and there are things, and we're probably all physically tired, and maybe even mentally, or maybe spiritually. And we, we've God's done amazing things. Our fellowship has been great, but I, I I'm certain there are things in our lives that we're just believing God that He's going to break through. Amen. Yeah. This message is just a very straightforward, practical message about how to build our faith. Steps we can take to turn our heart towards Him. And Dave, I'd like for us, if we could just sing that last song, Miracle Worker. If you're cool doing that, Dave. And I just want you just for a moment, if we could just just close our eyes just for a minute. And I want you to think of something that you are believing God for. I want you to think of something that you are, you're trusting that God's gonna God's gonna do something. That there are things in our lives that maybe we have we've we have set aside, that doubt has come in. And there are things that I believe that God wants to move mountains for us. He's asking us to trust him. He's asking us to, to, to lean into him. He's asking us to, to just take a step forward and leverage our faith for his purposes. And if we can, just get that in your mind. Whatever it may might be financial provision, might be relational, might be health wise. I'm going to ask Dave if you could just lead us in that course. I want us to sing this with faith, with belief that the words that we're speaking out of our mouths are actually true. Lord, we know tonight that that, that we need you. Lord, there are things, there are miracles that we're gonna believe you for. God, there is fruit that we're that you've laid on our heart. God, there are souls that you're calling us to reach. God, there are things that we're asking you to do and to break through. God, there have been areas that we've allowed doubt to come in, we've allowed fear to come in. And Lord, we want to make a decision tonight that we're going to choose to live by faith. We're going to choose to live by faith. We're going to choose that you're going to work these things for our good. We're going to choose that you're going to, to, what you've laid in our heart, we're going to walk it out and we're going to see you begin to meet us and to to go in front of us and to protect us. That God, you're going to continue to lead us. We're going to see breakthroughs. God, we're going to see miracles tonight. We're believing this for you. We're believing this towards you. God, we're leveraging our faith. And God, we're putting our trust in you. And Lord, I'm asking you that you would feel loved by the trust and the faith that we put in you. That you would feel loved and cared for. Because we believe you at your word. We believe you that when your word says it, you actually mean it.